0: going on, everyone? Welcome to Point Game presented by DraftKings. Don't forget, DraftKings is your home for all the action across the NBA and gets you closer to the game we all love. The crown is yours. Now, I'm one of your host, CJ Toledano. You might know me from House of Highlights, follow through, but we all know I'm not the reason we're here. So without further ado, I want to uh, introduce my permanent co-host, the reason why we have this show. Give you a little credits here. Five-time NBA All-Star, former number one overall pick, uh optimist dime himself now i want to know the story behind that nickname ladies and gentlemen please welcome my co-host john wall john how you feeling man
1: what's up man i'm super excited to be here man uh everybody been telling me for a while to get on the podcast so i'm glad i can be able to do this with you and uh just have some fun man just talk about the game of basketball and uh just tell people what my experience has been about life of being been in the nba and all that yeah, before,
0: before we move on, I just want to be like, you know, everyone knows there's so many player podcasts right now, you know, from players, you know, in the league and, and you know, out of the league, like hovering around it. But I remember when we were like, we got to do this pod, I was like immediately John Wall because I remember listening to that Theo Pinson interview, just all the knowledge and wisdom and stories you dropped. I was like, we got to have this dude on a regular basis. So how excited are you to be doing this pod with us?
1: Super excited, man. For me, I'm just like, I feel like I'm just uh... – you know, a lot of people use the word real. I just don't like to use that so much. I just like to say I'm just going to be honest. Like, I'd rather just be honest and be 100 with you at all times. And uh, that's how my mom raised me. And uh, either some people going to like it, some people are not going to like it. You know what I mean? But in the day, like, I'm, I know I'm just being myself at all times. And I'm not trying to fit in to be nobody else. And I think that's why a lot of people respect me.
0: Yeah. Now, as a... I like to say a hardcore basketball fan, like I know ball, and I will prove it through this through this series. But <laughs> I think you have some gas in your tank, but we all know the politics of the NBA and whatnot. So let us know, like, you're not on a squad right now. You were on the Clippers last. What have you been up to?
1: Uh, just working out, man, just working out, staying ready. But uh, most importantly, man, just being a dad, uh, enjoying the time to be around my boys, man, uh, raise my kids, um, being able to take them to school, pick them up from school, take them to their activities, you know what I mean, go to their school plays. Watching them singing little Christmas parades and stuff like that. Um, my kids just started boxing last week, so you know, what I mean, just excited to put them in a lot of things. And um, you know, when you're in when you're on a team, you're traveling a lot. And uh, like my situation, if I was like in DC still, then my family would live there. You know what I mean? Cause they would know yeah. be there. But like, if you like on a team for like maybe six months or a year, you don't know how long you're gonna be there. It's kind of hard to move your family there. You know what I mean? Like, it's tough. Like, you look at Danny Green's yeah. situation. He, he was about to be on a team. Then they ended up cutting him, and then his family had just got like started school. Now he got to find somewhere else to put him Like, that's always the toughest part. So if I don't know if I got a longevity over there, I wouldn't bring my kids and my family. So being able to be there with them every day, wake them up, take them to, pract- take them to school, do all these type of things, I'm joined in embracing that, uh, being a father. And that's something I put pride in.
0: And that's actually kind of interesting and a big point of like, again, I come from NBA Twitter in that world and we don't know like the nuances of being an NBA player. Now you mentioned Danny Green or people like, you know, players like Ish Smith or whatever, who are kind of these NBA journeymen. Like you talked about a little bit, but what happens if you're on a new squad every year? Are you living, do you have like a main spot in the country? And then are you bringing your family out? Like, how does that work?
1: Oh, well, for me, kind of like when I went to Houston, I didn't know how long I was going to be there. You know what I mean? Like, I thought I was going to be there long term. So, you know what I mean? You just, it, it happened so fast. I didn't have time to go buy a house with no need. So I just rented a condo, uh penthouse condo, and just stayed there. You know what I mean? And then my family would come down and come to games. But it was still tough, though, because it was COVID at the time. So you really, you know I mean? Yeah. Houston was one of the places that allowed you to have fans, but a certain amount. So I was able to have my kids come out there and watch me, see me play a little bit. Uh, when I was in L.A., uh, I rented a crib, you know what I mean? Because I had time to prepare for that. Like, I'd signed in the summer, so I knew what I wanted. And I want a spot where I can just feel like I'm at home. You know what I mean? Like when my kids come, they got a backyard and stuff like that because my kids like to be outside. They like to do stuff. And uh, when I went to Houston, it was kind of tough. But uh, it was a COVID year, so it wasn't too frustrating. But I don't know how a lot of people do it. But for me, it depends on, like, what the price of ranges is for a house at that time being, or I have enough time to rent one, then I'm cool with renting. But I think, like, guys that go in and buy and not know how long they're going to be there, that's kind of difficult.
0: Yeah, I think with this pod too, I'm like, okay, here, here's my biggest fear, John. And it's also what I want to happen is uh, you get signed <laughs> by a team, like 10 day for the rest of the season. And you said you're, you're taking care of your body and you're working out. So what does your daily life look like outside of doing this pod? Like, how are you staying ready?
1: Uh, 6.30, 7 o'clock, get up. Sometimes I take the kids to school. Sometimes I help them get dressed. Uh, then my workout started at 8.30. Uh, it was either basketball at first at 9.00. Or is lifting at my house. I turn my whole garage into a gym. Uh, I have almost every equipment you can have to make sure you're ready. Uh, and then I go court to weightlifting or I go weightlifting to court. I'm probably done it like 12 every day. You know what I, mean? I try to give myself time to uh, have my first meal at 1, be able to shower, relax, run whatever errands I might have to run or pick my kids up from school if I have to. So I try to get my day done by 12. And Miami traffic ain't no good.
0: I remember, this is a story I always knew about you, because I've been a fan, um, and and I was like, this seems like an urban legend, but then I saw you post about it on your Instagram. Um, And so (laughs) the first time, like, you got sort of put on the map, and I think you know the story I'm going to ask you about, 2007, you were 17 years old, and you took an 18-hour cab ride from North Carolina to Chicago to try out, not, you weren't invited, like, I maybe, you weren't invited, but to try out for the Reebok camp, which then led you to get ranked, so... Can you tell us uh, some details about that story?
1: Uh, well, i give, I give you more deeper details into that, man. I used, to, I used to be on Scout.com every day, looking at everybody that's rankedrivals.com, and I'm like, bro, I can be up here. Like, I'm nice. I'm just as nice as them. It's just – um, shout out to David West. Like, that's the first AU team I ever played with, Garner Road Bulldogs. You know what I mean? So that's how I ever got the opportunity to even be in AU and understand what that was about and being able to travel and see things in a uh, – Brian Clifton that, that used to run D1 Sports, like Eric Wallace, Marshall Modes, all those guys came out of there. Me, Quincy Miller, JT Terrell, so many guys came out of there. And they was a the team that was traveling, like being at the big showcase tournaments and things like that, sponsored by Reebok. Uh, and I had opportunity to get on the circuit with them that summer. But uh, we took uh, – we drove all the way from North Carolina to Chicago, me and JT Terrell and Brian Clifton. And uh, it was the Reebok underclassmen camp. So I think, yeah, yeah. I think before it was that. Before they changed it from ABCD camp, that camp used to be called Camp Next in Jersey. Gotcha. So we go there, and they were like, we only take five players from this camp. They get to go to the big camp, Reebok U, which used to be called ABCD camp, but they changed the Reebok U. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, I'm going be one of these five. Like, I don't care who's here, what's going on. Funny thing is, the first day, I'm late. I got a mohawk. For one, I'm already walking in there <laughs> with a mohawk. <laughs> Me and my homeboy, JT Terrell, walking there with a mohawk, and my uh, guy around my AU program was like, Bro, that's not a good look. Like, you need a clean image. Like, he always believed hit low cuts. And I was like, bro, I'm, I'm going to wear whatever style I want. I'm that nice. Went in there, killed the camp. One of the five guys that get invited. So, I'm like, all right, I did my dues. We literally drive 18 hours back to North Carolina in a two-door bins, like little. I'm in the backseat like little. We go there. I'm I probably home for, like, that whole week. Then we got to go to Reebok U. So, we drive from, from North Carolina right back to Philly. I'm like, bro, I'm tired of this. Like, you know what I mean? I'm trying to get on a plane or something. So we fly. Never forget walking there the first day. You know, like, it's a long line. Everybody getting their gear. Yeah. I'm looking around like, damn. I'm right here with the guys that I've been looking at on scout.com. So I'm like, all right, cool. So then I see Brandon Jennings and Isaiah Thomas come. Like, they skipped the whole line. Like, you know, they got a name. They've been at ABCD camp. They've been ranked and all this. They skipped the line. They getting unlimited gear. They getting shoes that we ain't getting. I'm like, damn, I got to be like them. Like, I got to get some extra gear. I got to take some back home. First game, man, it's me, Malcolm Lee, and Quincy Acey on my team. We play Ronaldo. uh, I think Ronaldo City was there. I'm not sure. I don't want to be wrong. But I know Brandon Jennings, Isaiah Thomas with the backcourt. Yeah. And, like, we going back and forth. Like, back and forth. Like, I ain't going to lie. Probably, like, the first minute or two, I, like, always end up with the guy underneath the basket taking the ball out. And I'm like, my – I'm like, man, I ain't taking this shit out no more. Because, you know, if you, you know, like, camps and <laughs> you stuff. You want the ball. Yeah, because, you know, like, at camps and stuff like this, you take the ball out. You ain't getting the ball back. <laughs> like, you the last one up the court. They already did their thing. So, I stopped there, and I just got into a rhythm and started hooping. I'll never forget, I had a black, ashy tank top underneath. Like, this one, your <laughs> mom used to get you the grand black tank tops from Walmart. Right, right? right. You couldn't wear no white one. So... Everybody talking me, like, who this skinny kid? Like, who this kitty kid from Raleigh, North Carolina? I just put on the show. Like, I was hooping. We ended up losing, but it was a good-ass game. It was so lit. It was on the main court. Everybody, like, stopped the games on the other two courts and looking over. Like, damn, who that? They hooping over there. Like, it was windows. Like, I'm like, damn, I'm in the moment of this now. And uh, I remember I got interviewed. I'm talking about lips, ashy as shit. Tank, <laughs> ashy tank top showing. And then from that day forward, it was up for there. Like, I just lived up to the rest of the camp. I started killing and killing. And uh I never forget we go to Vegas after this. It's my first time flying. Go to Vegas. I'm scared as hell anyway. Cause we I wake up on a turbulence over the mountains. I'm terrified. Yeah. I'm like, nah, this ain't it. It starts <laughs> shaking. I'm like, I don't want to fly no more. And everybody was like, man, we I think that was a flute. Like just cause he killed at the camp. That was a flute. Like he ain't gonna do it in Vegas. I kill in Vegas. So then that's where my name got the buzzing at and the rest was history for me now.
0: That's crazy. So after that camp, what did you end up? Did you go back to scout.com and then look for your name?
1: Yeah, I was up there. Like, I was all up there. Like, even while I was at there, my boys called me like, bro, you on scout.com? Like, you on right? like, they talking about you. Like, you won the, the the biggest surprise at the camp. Like, I'm like, I told y'all, like, I knew how nice I was. I just never had the opportunity to be in front of those type of people. You know, like, I always told a lot of people, like, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Being from New York, being from L.A., being from Atlanta, being from Jersey, Philly, those type of places, like, they have that basketball sh- mindset where they always on that spotlight, like on it in that exposure. And uh, I feel like since what I've done, I, North Carolina, it's always been a basketball. It's Hoop State for sure. Don't yeah, get me wrong. Yeah. I didn't start it, but I feel like I gave us the buzz to be known for hoop mixtapes, ballless life, those mixtapes. and gave North Carolina another buzz. Then you start having guys like JT Terrell, Quincy Miller, Dennis Smith Jr., Bam, TJ Warren, Rodney Purvis. All those guys came and just started, keeping it and going and rocking. That's
0: crazy. So, d- when you got to that camp, and you, you mentioned, I love hearing the other names, Brandon Jennings, Quincy Acy, and all these guys. Did you ha- do you have any moves or plays in your head where you're like, man, I went at Jennings, I went at, you know, were there any that stuck with you? With yeah, guys the the that we first know? game,
1: going at Brandon Jennings, Isaiah Thomas, like, these guys, was those guys I looked at, you know what I mean? Like, damn, these guys, nice as hell. Like, I remember when I was at uh, Bob Gibbons, I think Brandon Jennings might have been a freshman or sophomore. He was on so-called All-Stars, probably one of the best, a-U teams, I seen him, Taylor King, Malik Story, Daniel Hackett, Kevin Love, Chase Buttinger. Mm-hmm. I'm like, God damn, like they loaded, you know what I mean? And Brandon Jennings just coming through, be, 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 breaking through the press, couldn't stop him, crazy handle, crafty, make, getting his shots off, athletic. And I was like, damn, he's nice as hell. So when I got the opportunity to play against him, like, well, I'm from, you don't back down for nobody, you, you accept the challenge, And I mean, not saying I got the best of them, but I think I got respect from them from that day forward. And that's yeah. all you can ask for when you're going against top players is, like I always said, I went into that camp hunting. You know what I mean? Because I didn't have a name. I had to make a name for myself. And when I got my name, I stayed with that mentality of being the guy that was hungry. Like, I didn't yeah. want people come hunt me. I'm like, I'm still hunting y'all, even though I am that guy now.
0: Yeah, and I always I'm a sneakerhead, and so I always knew like there were like three dudes: Iverson at first, you know, Steve Francis, and then you. You like I was like, oh, John Wall's a signature athlete with Reebok. Were Were there some people that saw you at that camp, and like, did the conversation even start there? Even though you didn't enter the league three years later.
1: No, I didn't. It really didn't. Like, I think I just caught a lot of people by surprise. To be honest, me, like, I know how nice I was. You know what I mean? Like, I've always been a guy that was cold my whole life. I just never got to play outside the state of North Carolina unless I went to Nationals. You know what I mean? And my team, we, we was good, but we wasn't like one of those top teams that was in the championship game or the lead eight every year. Like, we wasn't that good. But we had nice guys on my team. But I just always knew, like, at Nationals, I'm going to show out. Like, they going to remember this kid, skinny kid with braids, yeah. being for Garner <laughs> Road. Like, they going to remember me. And... uh I just think it all happens in mysterious ways. But, uh, no, nah, they didn't really look at me like that. Like, uh, my AU team, high school team was Reebok. And then I think when I was coming out of the draft, man, you know what I mean? I went to Kentucky, you know what I mean? Like, there was a LeBron yeah. school, Nike, you know what I mean? And I came out of Kentucky, and they was like, yo, we feel like you can be, like, the next AI, like, try to get Reebok back on the map for us. And right. I'm like, hell yeah, like, that's my favorite player. And you know, like anybody coming out at the time, you're thinking like, damn, I want to be a Nike athlete. Who do I sign with? Right. You know what I mean? And everybody knows that. <clears throat> and uh, I had to sit down with AI like two hours at the Reebok thing. He was like, bro, I was in the same position as you. And I was like, shit, I changed the culture for myself. I'm like, shit, I want to do the same.
0: Damn. Okay, this is a random-ass question, which you just inspired me by. Because, yeah, everyone grew up rocking Jordans. But then you're like, oh, I'm with a, I'm with a company. That, I'm I'm, you know, sponsored by them. I always heard the urban legend that AI was with Reebok, but he would rock like Jordan 11s at home and all that stuff. So, do you, I don't want to hurt your money at all, but like, were you rocking other brands at nah, you you home? I can't hurt
1: my like, money at all. No, you know what <laughs> I mean? Like, I ain't got no deal right. I mean, I ain't got no deal or nothing like that, but no, I, yeah. I didn't. Like, not gonna lie, like, all my shoes, I just put them in the storage. Just yeah. put them in the storage, but like, wow. Like, that's why I say shout out to OG Gil, Gil Arenas, because at that time, it's like all I had was Reeboks at the time, so you know what I mean? Like, it was nothing else you really could wear, you know what I mean? And they was just, like, having the classics, then Swiss Beats came around, you know, all the rappers started signing to them, like, Meet Mill, me, Swiss Beat, Rick Ross, so they started making, like, kamikazes and things like that and trying to bring yeah. back some of the old schools, but Gil uh, blessed me with a lot of designer sneakers, you know what I mean? Like, he gave me a load of designer sneakers, I was rocking the hell yeah. out of them designer sneakers, like.
0: Yeah, shout out to Gil. He, he's the one dude who's wearing like Balenciagas. No, nah, I Gil was
1: wild, man. It we got crazy. we can talk about that another time. But Gil was we'll have him on. Yeah, yeah, yeah we got to have him on. But Gil was man. I mean, my game in LA, my rookie, he wore Dolce and Gabbana's with no shoe strings, <laughs> like straps. I'm like, bro, who? Is, this guy's crazy. But we both had thirty, so I'm like, shit, he could do it. I ain't trying that though. He running them cross runners and everything.
0: Yeah. Okay. One more. Th- one more thing about uh, this story, and then we'll go to break. So people said it was a cab. That's like some fresh Prince shit where they're like, nah, "I in a the no theme cab. song. Hey, let me take one thing.
1: Okay. If I, te- I don't think it makes it any uncooler. No, nah. nah, yeah. I don't make it uncooler. But let me be honest. If I was gonna take a cab, I might well have bought a flight. The flight would have been <laughs> right. cheaper than the cab. To be honest, eighteen hours. No, nah, I ain't do that. It wasn't a cab though. No, nah, it was a. Uh, okay. We drove down though.
0: That's what i say. It's like a Fresh Prince, you know, in the theme where he hops from Philly in a cab and, get, and shows up in L.A. And I was like, man, John Wall actually did that and no, made a name for I
1: himself. If I did that, if I did that, I need all my money back. That cab ride was long <laughs> as hell.
0: We'll make a movie about it. Okay, all right. We're going to take a break here. But uh, a big point of this show is we're going to get John talking about, you know, the current stuff that's going on in the league. Again, the insight from an actual player who's just been in the league recently is going to be dope. So, John, when we come back, I want to ask you about the dunk contest because 2014, you won. And then I also want to talk about the All-Star game because a lot of opinions floating around. Um, and I want to know how you can fix it. Or maybe you think it's, it's cool uh, the way it is. So when we come back on Point Game, uh, we're going to be here with John Wall. welcome back to point game now john uh we're we're recording this we're right in the middle of the break the all-star break uh games come back on thursday but i was in Indy for all-star and i always have a good time right and you know we know there's parties and whatnot but like the programming itself now you you were a five-time nba all-star like let me reiterate that to people listening you've been there multiple times so what did you think about this year's All-Star? Because I think a lot of people are saying we gotta fix it. We gotta fix the dunk contest. Like everything's kind of boring. So what do you th- Did you watch the All-Star, All-Star weekend? And, and what do you think about it?
1: Uh yeah, I watched it. Um, be honest, even when I first went my first year, uh, it was in New Orleans. Like I was overwhelmed. You know what I mean, just being an all-star. I feel like I should have been one a, a year earlier today, and I could have had more if I didn't have the injuries I had. But you know, what I mean, it's all part of God's plan. But um, I think, like, you know what I mean? How you look at it growing up, like, when I watched the game, like, one of my favorite games, I think it was in D.C., A.I., and then was going at it to the end when they wore those – when they wore their real jerseys. Yeah. Like, you look at it then, and it was just so competitive. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they wanted to win, and and that's how I think it has to get back, to. But I don't know how you get it there. You know what I mean? I think it's hard. But when I played, like, it was competitive. Like, my first year – I think we wore the sleeve jerseys. I think we wore the sleeve yeah, jerseys. New Orleans, yeah. Yeah, we wore the blue ones. So, like, it was a competitive-ass game. Like, I was one, I'm not saying I'm the reason why we won, but, like, I started us, like, getting back into the game and making a run. That's when Kyrie right. won. Kyrie won MVP that year. He went crazy. He was lazy doing. Yeah. But, like, it was competitive. I think Melo hit eight threes that game. Like, it was a competitive-ass game, and I think they got to get back to that, but it's kind of hard because the league has changed, like, I think they took, like, 71 threes as one team and the other team to, like, 60-something. Like, right. It's just what the game is now, though. It's like they want a lot of scoring, they want a lot of threes, and they want a lot of highlights. You know what I mean? Like, that's just what the game is involved into now. And like, You know what I mean? I think when Dame shot 23 threes, and Dame made 11 yeah. of them, but, shit, he shot two from half court and looked like it was effortless. Well, like, that,
0: that's what I'm saying. I don't think it's the problem with taking threes, but, like, they were uncontested, right? No, in,
1: I, in like- I just think, like, it's like, even just look how the start of the game goes. Like, nobody's really competing. Nobody really doing nothing. And right, I may maybe when Kobe was there, like, it was competitive. Like, Kobe won't bullshitting around. Like, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? It's because, like, for me, I look like he's like, the All-Star game should be like a pickup game. That's what it really is. Like, you got the best right. 24 players that the NBA think is the best 24 right now, and they should be competing. But to each his own. I can't control, like, why guys don't compete, why they do I don't know how the NBA could fix that. You know what I mean? I think that's something they all have to talk to about with the players and with those. And I remember early on when I went, not say early, but early. When I went, it was like right after the All-Star game, we probably had one or two days, and we had to report back to this team. You know what I mean? Like now they give give the All-Star guys an extra four days so they can have their own break. So I think it's a little bit different now. I don't know, like, but it's changed. The league has changed so many ways, and the All-Star game has changed. I wasn't there. And I don't know how the parties and those all those accolades and things was. But, like, yeah, dunk contest was boring. Like, it wasn't exciting yeah. at all. But I think it's hard, though, because so many guys have done every damn dunk you basically could do. It's like you basically got to go get, like, the best of the best in the league and see what they can do.
0: So, I mean, yeah, the dunk contest was boring. People... The judging, I think a lot of people had some criticism on the judging. Like, they weren't given, you know, the appropriate scores. I think Yeah, I agree, that ja- I, I agree with Jacob that Jacob Toppin, you know? Yeah, I
1: agree with that. I agree with that for sure. Well,
0: and, and what is it? Because Jalen Brown is like, oh, he's, you know, he's a star. He's going to be in the All-Star game. I Do think, you think there was a bit of an agenda to get him to the final round?
1: Uh, I don't know. Maybe so. Like, I think he has some cool dunks, but it's like dunks we already seen. Like, those were right. basic dunks, you know what I mean? Like, I know he's a freaking athlete, like Jalen Brown taking out the right. from him. But I think... Jacob Toppin had better dunks than him. He just didn't get the scores for him. You know what I mean? And I think it's hard, it's difficult, you know what I mean? And also, like, you don't really have too many All-Stars that try to participate in the dunk contest. So that might have been a reason why they wanted to get him to the next round.
0: So what do you think is that reason why these bigger players didn't play? Because I was watching back your 2014, and it was you and Paul George on the squad um, back when they did teams for for the dunk contest. So why don't these bigger players do the dunk contest?
1: I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, I always told the NBA, like, they asked me to do it, early, like, a couple years earlier before I got yeah. uh, did it. And I told them, I said, if I make the All-Star game this year, I do the dunk contest. Like, I wanted my first time doing a dunk contest to be an All-Star game. Um, the team stuff was different. It was a little different for, for sure. Uh, I wish it could have been, like, individuals. But I think it was still dope. Like, we had fun. Like, it was creative. They tried to do something different and make it more exciting. Um, I'm glad, like, they went back to the East versus West. I think that's the best. I think somebody came up with. it. I think I seen it on Twitter, Instagram, like I think this is how they do it in baseball. I'm, I don't want to be wrong, but like whoever win the All Star game gets home yeah. court throughout the finals. I that's right. I think that's how you got to create stuff like that because teams want the home court in the finals. Yeah, like you got to find ways to make it more like creative. Or even when they did the point thing, like they remember the, I liked it the, when they did the point thing. Like each quarter, whoever win the quarter, they get like a, a bonus to like the foundation or whatever it is. Right. And then whoever, at the end, you got a target score. Like, I think that's dope. I thought that was dope. I think they have to find ways to be creative to make it a little bit more interesting. Because if not, it's like, I didn't even know Cat had 50. (laughs) Yeah,
0: me neither. Like You know what I mean? Like, just being realistic, like,
1: he had 50, and then he shot the ball 35 times off the bench. Like, that is crazy.
0: I well, so with the in season tournament, and not to get off track, but like there was an incentivize, like they incentivize the players, like you get half a mil, or whatever, and and it was public. Every fans and knew I, that.
1: I feel you like think that they got to implement dope. that with
0: this. I, yeah,
1: I feel like that was dope because, like Dame said, one of the realest things, like some of the guys that's two way guys, or some of the guys that's might not make the money that a lot of these stars make. They want that money, like that's some money that they can do some stuff with to take care of their family or take care of themselves. So. They put a target on their back that where everybody was competing to try to really win it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think you have to do like you have to do things like that. You have to put trademarks in there and thing that's value to make you be like, yo, I, I gotta win. Like I need this win. Like I want to win this for my guys. And uh, you know what I mean? Cause I, I enjoyed watching the all-star games growing up. I enjoyed being in the all-star game. I feel like all the ones I was in was competitive. And then I went to the last one that Kobe was in, in in Toronto. Yeah. And that was real competitive. You know what I mean? Like him and him and LeBron having that ISO matchup on the wing that like idle picture that, that everybody sweet. has. Like, yeah. I just think he Drake walk- ruined it. <laughs> Drake always doing the most on the sideline. <laughs> but I just feel like Kobe, like, I think everybody like, that's kind of like when Mike got in the game. Like, you know what I mean? Like, shit, they could peer this. They, they they dogs. Like they're not playing around. Like kind of, I'd be honest too. Like when Russell West was in the All-Star games, like he didn't mess around. Like, yeah. Cause like those guys play with that one motor, they never turned it off. Mm-hmm. No matter if it's a pickup game one-on-one, two-on-two, like, they just play like that at all times. And I think you got to have that going on if you want to bring the All-Star game back. For me, when I play, like, I always treat it as it might be my last time ever to play basketball. You know what I mean? So I just try to give 110% effort at all times.
0: Well, okay, so we were talking about the dunk contest. We had some younger players who were being asked about it. And they were saying, like, we don't need the dunk contest. We've seen it all. And they were recommending, and I think you'll love this, king of the court, one-on-one. like have been Placing dunk contests in one-on-one. So w- what do you think? How come How come it's not happening because it seems so obvious?
1: Uh, it depends. It goes back to, like, do the stars, players want to play one-on-one? You know what I mean? Like, do they yeah. want to really go through a king of the court? You know what I mean? That's all it really boils down to. You know what I mean? Like, the guys that's the face of the league, the guys that right. has that power and say-so in the league is like, do they really want to s- go through that? You know what I mean? yeah. I think it would be dope. They go through a one-on-one series, a two-on-two series, something like that. Like I seen Gil talking about on his podcast, but it all depends. Do you really want to get through that? You know what I mean? Like I think that would be dope and exciting. And I think we haven't seen a lot of dunks, but you can still see some more. You just got to be creative. But I think it's just like you said, it's really hard because so many dunks have been done. But you look at the team flight, brother, they come up with some new dunks every other day. I'm like, what in the world?
0: And like, I'm like, some of the – Like, that's how I came up guys. with
1: the dunk I did in the dunk contest. So I didn't know what to do.
0: <laughs> that's why – I and tell me with the preparation, are there, like, consultants? Are people going to some of those professional dunkers and be like, I, I need a few for my bag and, like
1: – Literally, I didn't even – like, literally, I was doing, like, because I knew it was a team. And I was like, man, I got to think of one dunk to do yeah. when I'm by myself for, for my one dunk. And I was going to go behind my back like Jar Smith did. I did it at the uh, Chris Paul uh, pickup game, like, charity game we had during the lockout. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I'm going to do that. Those were crazy. And one guy was working out with somebody. He was like, yo, I got this one done. You probably can try it. I'm like, what? He was like, the ball there. But see, a lot of people don't understand, like, when you take the ball out of somebody's hand, the basketball out of somebody's hand, like, I double-pumped it. Like, sometimes you yeah. just grab the ball and dunk it. Like, I double-pumped it, so it made it more difficult. I had to get the basketball out of his hand and go down and come back up with the basketball. So, a lot of people can, like, hold on to the basketball get himself a boost and make the dunk a little easier. But he was like, yo, try. I tried it. I did it one time. I really only did that dunk twice in my life. Yeah. That one time he showed me, I did it on the first try. I said, all right, this is a dunk I'm doing tomorrow <laughs> night. So I'm like, right. I, I didn't I didn't really know nothing. I was like, all right. Because you got to think, if you go back to my sophomore year, I played the rookie sophomore game. I was doing dunks in, a, in that whole game. They were like, no, you got to get him. Kenny Smith was like, you got to get him in the dunk contest. Like, you got to get him in the dunk contest. And I was like. All right, bro. I get in. The craziest dunk contest I've seen in person was Aaron Gordon and uh, Zach Levine. Like that was, they should have gave out two trophies for that one. That was amazing. Yeah.
0: No, I think we they kind of scared away Aaron because he got robbed. Not robbed. Like, the first well, one well, was yeah, like legit. Zach was giving it to like.
1: Like one years, yeah, like one year Aaron didn't do too well. Then the second year he came back, he was yeah. going like they had the, the Herbal Boy spinning around under both legs. I'm crazy. like yo. But then you got Zach going twin legs from the free-throw line, women from the free line. I'm like, bro, just give it a tie, bro. Like, it's getting out yeah. of hand. Like, what you feel like they could do to change, like, the All-Star weekend? Because you was there. So, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know how how many yeah. you've been to, but, like, you was there and you was around and you experienced it. So I would, like, know what you think, like, you could change about it.
0: No, it's, it's interesting because, it, you know, a lot of it is, like, the fan complaints and the fan sentiment. And so, like, And I just love basketball. I love the celebration of the weekend. But, like, when I go to the games, because sometimes people are, like, there and they're skipping the games and stuff. And I'm like, this is why I'm there. And I think I'll start by saying what they – did well was i thought the Steph versus sabrina shit was amazing cool. amazing you know like that was like a pay-per-view type thing and i think that's what let's think about this stuff through the lens of like it's almost like let's use the weekend to answer the greatest what ifs in basketball so it's like you know constantly when, when people watch women's sports they're like can they do it as good as the as the men and like sabrina set that record in her in their own all-star game so they brought her over here so i think we got to expand on that and I, I to go back to what I was asking earlier with the incentivizing these players, because we saw it work with the with the um, in-season tournament, I'm like, I legitimately was pitching this to people this week. I was like, within the All-Star game itself, because it's like, that should be the biggest, biggest event, whether it is or not, but it, I, that should be it. And I'm like, let's create little mini awards within the game. So you get like, best dunk in-game, you know, uh, longest shot, best defensive player. Um, there's some other shit like, best debut and so you got these guys who are like oh man i'm not getting the ball or i'm not doing certain things so like i'm gonna lock into that and then you get a combination of all these players trying to go and get get uh, certain awards and it's like you get 200k for each of those now i don't know what budgets are looking like but like you know if you give players and and it'd be cool you can have like a little bit of a post like award ceremony where people are announcing that shit because i think people in the third quarter know who mvp is going to be so I, I think stuff like that, and and let let's just experiment with the shit. You know, at least like I think peep fans love when the NBA is trying stuff, and we've seen that with the end season. We see that with other stuff, and they might fall flat on their face, but at least it's different every year.
1: Yeah, I think I think I think I I, I believe you on this too, and I, I I piggyback on that. I believe like the in season turning was dope because, you know, like early in the, the season, everybody like the first month or two, everybody like usually taking like easing their way into the season, but yeah. this year you had to compete. You know what I mean? Because if you really wanted to go to the, towards the season tournament, you made the games more, like, mean for early on. Because usually most people say, like, the games really don't get competitive to right now at the All-Star break. Like, now everybody's trying to find a seed. And, like, where are we going to go? Where are we matching up at? Like, we're trying to find this rhythm. You know what I mean? And I think the season tournament kind of gave it a little bit of more boost. And then you got to think, like, seven, eight, nine, ten got to play against each other. So are you really trying to be one of those teams that got to see – uh, Minnesota or Clippers or Denver or OKC or Boston or Philly or Milwaukee in the first round when you should be seeing them in the second or third round. We
0: we were talking about King of the Court. Do you think the, some of these guys are scared they get exposed in King of the Court?
1: One well, I one. don't know why you should, would be scared because I remember when I was at a USA Basketball and uh, they was they, they basically just playing King of the Court but they was playing mid-post. You know what I mean? That video got cameras out. Cameras were on it. And look how yep. lit that was. You got KD, you got Paul George, you got yeah. Devin Booker, you got... Uh, Ola Depot was out there. Chris Middleton was out there. You had all those guys that are shot creators, tough shot makers. James Harden was out there. Like, those guys are doing it at a high level. I think like, the league would love to see that because I remember on Boston team, they had Kyrie, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. They playing ones every day after practice. You know what I mean? Like So yeah. when you got a team like that, like I bet you Brad, D, Book, and KD are playing every day. You know, you know what I mean? I feel like in Boston, you probably still getting that. When you have those teams that – just imagine the Clippers, though. You got Kawhi, PG, James. Harden. Now, Kawhi probably ain't playing though. Kawhi probably just chilling. <laughs> <laughs> Kawhi gonna get his work in, do what he do, right? Keep it moving. He
0: got five, sat down. But okay, so who you you named a lot of great names. Who would win if King of the Court happened next season? Who do you think would win?
1: Mm-mm, mm-mm. I just think KD, bro. Like it's nothing you can do with him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the way he's improved defensively with using his length. You know, what I mean, B- blocking shots. Uh, I think when he took that step, that's what got him to the MVP that year. You know what I mean? Because we already knew he could score the ball. Like nothing you could do. Yeah. Um, but I just think him, bro, just because he's seven feet and it's not a shot he can't make. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you That's probably, a, yeah. at King of the Court, you're probably playing three dribbles or at least a five second. Like, you can't be out there dribbling all day.
0: I think that, yeah, I, I agree with the, because the dribbling, it, then it just becomes sloppy. But well, if if be you're fun. doing
1: a dribbling, I'm taking Kyrie Irving and everybody going to be mad because right. he got so many counters and that you could do. Yeah.
0: So do you think, like, a LeBron is at disadvantage just because of his playing style in a one-on-one king of the court?
1: I think it, it, he could dominate if he wants to. You know what I mean? Shit, LeBron, yeah. he, he's shooting the ball at a high level. Every year in his career, he got better at shooting the ball. So yeah. like it ain't like you can back up off of him. He can make those. He's still athletic. He still can blow by you. It's kind of hard to say. You know what I mean, like, I don't think he cares for a one-on-one. Right. You know what I mean, like, he's not one of those guys that's going to play king of the court. Like, what do I get out of this? But I think yeah. the other guy, like an Anthony Edwards, would love that type of battle. You know what I mean? Like that type of stuff for those young guys, like that. But uh, I think it'll be exciting for sure, though. All
0: right, let's. I want to talk a little bit about regular season again. Like not every episode we be talking about All Star, but <laughs> we're just waiting for real basketball to come back. Man, but again, you know this time between All Star and games coming back, like you said, they added four days. Just stories. Are, are getting created. And and I think right now what's being added to the, the fire a little bit is this Doc Rivers stuff. Because Doc Rivers, he took on, and I, I will admit too, he took on an incredibly difficult task. Uh, Adrian Griffin got fired. Um, Doc came in. Doc was calling games two days before that. Mm-hmm. Came in as the coach. And he's currently three and seven. And so I think what the media and and, and and fans and it can be toxic what they're grabbing onto is doc has been doing these interviews and he's saying he's just saying it's hard like he's saying i wouldn't want i wouldn't wish this on anyone else um and i think people are, are, are acting like he's it's a cop-out he's making excuses and then it got to like jj reddick was saying stop making excuses pet Bev was like come on why, why are you you know shitting on doc he saved your career austin rivers went on so like What do you make of this Doc Rivers situation? Do you think he's going to get it together? Do you think Doc, you know, is a certain coach where he's not the guy to, like, take over a a team with so much potential?
1: Uh, I'm not sure. I don't really like – I never – I've played against Doc, but I never had an opportunity to play for Doc, you know what I mean? So I don't know how he really is as a coach. I only can see, like, what I see from my point of view away from the game or even when I was playing against him. Uh, For one, I just didn't – I uh, feel like Agent Griffin should have been fired. You know what I mean? Like he was number two right. in the East at the time. You just gave him a nice contract. You know what I mean? And then you're still paying Mike Budenhoser. You know what I mean? So like now you play, you're playing three coaches. You know what I mean? Like, but I don't know personally what was going on to make them make that decision. That's up to the front office to make that move. And maybe their players wasn't happy. Maybe the front office wasn't happy or they just wasn't messing together. Nobody knows unless you were inside their locker room. And I think that's the most important thing for them. They're keeping it inside the locker room. Like, nobody needs to know why they made that decision or was it his fault or his fault. Like, you don't need to play the blame game. As long as they all agreed to it and they made it, they did what's best for their organization, you got to respect it. Uh, For me, I think it's tough, though, for Doc a little bit because you have a team that probably already had the chemistry and the camaraderie and whatever system they wanted to run from Adrian Griffin. So they probably been through that through training camp into the first, what, 20-some games, 30 games of the season, if I'm not mistaken, to now you got to make an adjustment to how do Doc Rivers want to run his team? What system do we have to run? Like, how do he want us to play? So it's always hard with a new coach the first year trying to get adjusted to how they want you to play. And then you got to think Damon. Giannis is trying to figure out how to play together. You know what I mean? Right. Dame is used to being ball-dominant, being in his show. Now he's with Giannis where Giannis is used to being ball-dominant in his show a lot of times. You know what I mean? And then in a lot of times in the fourth quarter, it would go to Chris Middleton as their closer. And now you have Damian Lillard that's bona fide, one of the best closers we've ever seen. And now how do you mesh all three of these guys together? So you go from putting all three of these guys into one system and Chris Middleton coming back from injury and being in and out of lineup, that's difficult. And then, boom, we got to switch from this one system to another system. Like, that's very yeah. difficult in one season, and they only played 10 games together. And I think Chris Middleton got injured – and one of the games that Dame set out, he sprained his ankle. Yeah. So, like, you're trying to build this camaraderie with your team to get everybody to mesh together. But then we also trying to do it on the court. And it's like they on the spotlight because, Giannis, every year they look at you, you should be in the finals. You should be trying to win right. another MVP. Uh, Dame, it's time for you to get a ring. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's how they're looking at it. And, like, this is the move they made to help him push forward towards that. So – I can't put all the blame on Doc because it's like For sure. And you can't put all the blame on the players because we're trying to figure out how to play together still. You know what I mean, like our like Giannis and Dame said they watch film together, working out together. They're trying to figure out how to make it better. And then we gotta try to figure out, damn, we gotta adjust to a whole new system now. Yeah. So like but it's like when you take that job, even though you might not have asked for it, the target's on your back now because you have one of the best players in the league and one of the best closers <clears> we've <throat> ever seen. So they like, well, you gotta figure it out. You've been in the league long enough been around coach a lot of superstar that you gotta figure it out. And it's like they look at it as like you only won one championship with all these great teams you had. Yeah. And then, you know, they also look at it as like he's blown a lot of three one leads. You know what I mean? So all that is the pressure they have on Doc on top of trying to figure out how to get all these new guys and new team he's coaching to get on one pedestal. But I feel like he can get it done. I feel like he's a great coach and he can figure it out. I just yeah. think it takes time. It's only been ten games, but you know I mean? That's what happens when you're in that spot. Like, I kind of look at, like, when I went to the Clippers, like, I feel like it wasn't fair to me. Um, I went over there, and I didn't care if I started or not. You know what I mean? That's one thing I always wanted to get clear. I just wanted to play basketball. Like, I was happy to be able to compete. And it was like, well, they got to get over the hump. They got to do this. Well, they got a big three. And I'm like, well, it's hard because a big three, a big three pulled a start. You know what I mean? I didn't start, which is cool. I was fine with that. Right. I wasn't upset about that. You know what I mean? um, but, I, did, I couldn't play back to backs. Kawhi couldn't play back-to-backs. Then Paul George was in out of line with injury, So it's like we never had an opportunity to get a rhythm, find a chemistry, and play together at the same time. Because it was all, oh, John Wall's coming in. We should be better. Oh, uh, Kawhi's coming back. But Kawhi was coming off injury. also coming off injury, so they had a plan for him. You know what I mean? So it wasn't like we really got to see what we really could have been. And we had glimpses of it at times. But I was on minute restriction. Kawhi was on minute restriction. So – it was difficult. It was kind of tough. So I kind of look at it as like T. Lou was trying to balance out and figure out how to do it the best way he could possible. You know what I mean? And the same, I feel like, with Doc was doing. But I feel like they could figure it out.
0: No, I, just to remind everyone, the, the intricacies of basketball, because I know the super team is, is definitely something that's being looked at, you know, with the magnifying glass now. Because some of the shit hasn't worked out, you know? And it's like, just like you said. Dame came from playing in Portland for so many years, where he was the guy. He never had a Giannis, and like, you know, to the general fan, they're like, "Oh, that's a luxury." But it's like, no, these guys—they had these roles. They got to change, and like, what Dame got traded in in late July, early August. Like, mm-hmm. he had like a month or two, and then they got training camp. You got to figure that out for like quick, and you got to figure that out in game situations. So, yeah. I think I think it's great. Like it, what, what you had just said is, is a reminder. And like you said, you, you got added to the Clippers and the guys weren't healthy and the rotations were changing and we saw it happen with Russ and the Lakers. Like these are Hall of Famers being teamed up against each other. And we all just, we act like we didn't see the Clippers like lose eight in a row when James got added to the team. And now they're the hottest team in the league right now. So I, I think, yeah, it's a long season and, and it's just a great reminder. It's like chemistry and a lot to figure out.
1: Yeah, I just feel like everybody think like just because. I think everybody just think just because we're basketball players and we nice, we all supposed to just, right, work like this. It it doesn't work like that. Like it takes time. You know what I mean? Like Kawhi and PG had to get used to James having the ball most of the time now. You know what I mean? Like now he's running pick and roll and doing a hell of a job. Like he's one of the best passes in the pick and roll. You know what I mean? Like but now James took the back seat. Of, okay, I'm not gonna score as much unless those guys are having an off night or unless I have to turn it up a notch. Yeah. But most of the time, he's probably getting 10 or 12 points, but he's getting 10, 11 assists. You know what I mean? Like, he's orchestrating their offense, running their team. And he's getting those guys rolling. Uh, But I think, like, everybody just bought him to it. Like, you know, everybody has to buy into the system and buy into what's going on. And it's easier said than done. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they got James in the middle of the season. Yeah. You know what I mean? It ain't like they got him at the start of the season where he went through a whole training camp with them. Like, they're using the season as their training camp to get him acclimated with everything. And it's it's difficult. It's not as easy as everybody think. Like it's not. Like even when I was with the Clippers, like T Lou, hell of a coach, all that. It's like it just was difficult because it's times he wanted to play me more, but I only could play twenty twenty two minutes. You know what I mean? Right. It's times where I wanna play more. And I'm frustrated because I feel like I should be it right now, but I can't. I'm at a yeah. minute restriction. It's times when certain guys feel like they're playing well in practice, should be getting more minutes. You know what I mean? Like it's always a difficult thing and that's why I be saying as a coach, is you gotta do a hell of a job. Like you gotta Set your foundation. And also as GM, they got to do a hell of a job because just because I'm nice and you nice don't mean our games mesh together. Right. right. You know what I mean? Like we got to really study the game, understand like, okay, are they really going to be able to feed off each other the right way? Can he make him better? Or is he going to make our team worse? Mm-hmm. And I think we got to do a lot of more studying of doing that. Like a lot of talent is out there. We're not sending out a lot of talented guys. Yeah. But can a lot of talented guys set the role? And can a lot of talent guys like be veterans to some of these young guys? Like, I feel like the league need more veterans in the league and not just saying because I'm out of it. I just feel like we need more vets for these young guys. And that's a point to where the GM and the coach guy be like, you know what? I'm just bringing you in to be a great vet. Like, you might not play. Are you cool with accepting that role? And I think the more we are upfront and honest, like they want us to be honest with them. It makes everything much more easier for your team. And y- y'all can go a long way.
0: Yeah. All right. We got to take a break. Um, I do want to, in this podcast, get more in-depth of your time with the Clippers in, in Houston because I feel like it's a little bit misunderstood. Um, yeah. But we'll talk about it. We're going to do a lightning round game when we come back that we came up with called Bucket or Brick. We're going to get to your thoughts on some of the other storylines happening in the NBA right now. So when we come back, Bucket or Brick with John Will. Bucket or Brick. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-78-97777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.com slash promos for eligibility and responsible gaming resources. Odds and lines subject to change. All right, welcome back to Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano. Uh, This is a really fun game that we've practiced before, um, but this is a lightning round type game where we're going (laughs) to ask John – not ask, we're going to say a statement about the NBA, and if John agrees, he's going to say bucket, and if he disagrees – uh, he's going to say brick and then explain why. Uh, but first, Bucket of Brick is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook is your home for all things NBA action, from player props to same-game parlays. Check out everything DraftKings Sportsbook has to offer to make your NBA experience even sweeter. The crown is yours. All right, John. So we were talking about the Clippers in the last act. Your last team... I said they're the hottest team in the league right now, and I think they have the third best odds to win the title at plus 500, which means if you bet 100, you would win 500 if they win the title. So, Bucket or Brick, the Clippers will win the title this year.
1: Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Brick. I think okay. Brick, uh, it's kind of hard because I want to say Bucket, then I want to say Brick because they are the hottest team. Um... Hell of a coach in T. T Lou, you know what I mean? Like, he knows what he's doing. He's done it before. I know Kawhi is the closer. He's won two finals MVPs. I just think they need a full year together to, like, get what they really want out of it. But I think they're going to have a chance to get close,
0: though. A lot of people are saying, you know, the Clippers kind of fall apart in the playoffs. And a, a lot of that is health. So, like, how much do you think that's on their mind where they're like, we I just got to
1: stay I healthy think, and get there. I think health health is always the key to any team. You know what I mean? Like, being healthy, going into the playoffs and going to the finals is the key to any team. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that it's luck. Like, you got to have some luck to win a championship. Healthy and playing well at the right time. Uh, but I think it's like, it's just like a burden, like a lot of pressure on the Clippers. You know what I mean? Like, because everybody feel like with Kawhi and PG, they should have been to the finals or won one by now. But like you said, like, they had a – it's always been an injury in the playoffs, injury here, injury there. Or then you have the bubble, you know what I mean? Like where a lot of guys probably just checked out. Like I didn't right. go to the bubble, but I know that would have been difficult being there, away for your family, not doing nothing, but the same stuff complete yeah. constantly over and over. So I think that's a, a pressure there and a burden there, but they have the team, they have the talent, they have the depth, they have the coaching staff uh, to be able to win it all. So that's why it was kind of hard to say brick, because I wanted to yeah. say bucket, but – I feel like they get a whole year on themselves of uh knowing what they want to do, I think they'll get one.
0: I'll ask you later on this season. I think yeah, y- your opinion might change. So Yeah. Um okay, next I one. I see a
1: little bit I see a little bit more how like how the second half of the season go and I'll yeah. probably change.
0: Okay, bucket or brick. This rumor's been going around, but the Lakers should sign Trey Young this summer.
1: Hmm. Bucket. I think bucket. I feel like uh Trey's done a lot in Atlanta. He's very talented, man. You know what I mean? Like he's one of those guys that It's hard to guard, you know what I mean? the league now, you can't touch anybody. He's crafty. He can shoot the pass. And I think they got to kind of start preparing for, like, if LeBron's last year is this year next year, whenever it is, that you got another star player next to AD. And I feel like uh, a pick-and-roll with AD and a guy like Trey Young would be deadly, you know what I mean? Look how he's made Capella look and all these other guys. So I think that would be a good move for them.
0: Okay. Next one, Bucket or Brick the warriors should re-sign clay thompson because i think people are saying that clay had a has uh, been going through a little bit of a fall off so warriors re-signing clay thompson this summer
1: uh i'm gonna say both but i'm gonna tell you why it's 50-50 because if they want clay to come off the bench i don't think he's willing to accept that role right you know what i mean mm-hmm. i mean i think he might take a pay cut but i don't think he's want to be able to accept that role coming off the bench you know what i mean but i think if he takes a pay cut and start, I think he's willing to stay with the uh, Warriors. But that's a decision they got to make as a front off. You know what I mean? Like I kind of think they have been going ups and downs because it's difficult when you've been at this spotlight and been at the level where he's been at for so long and won championships. And you have two major injuries. You know what I mean? Yeah. And in some days you have your days that you feel good. Some days you don't have your days. Like I've been there. And it's kind of difficult. And uh, I think he responded well, though, coming off the bench and having a hell of a night and helping them win that game. You know, you just got to kind of see how the second half of the season goes.
0: Do you think uh, any of that is is due to, like, maybe there's a change of scenery or, like, a, I don't know, a fatigue uh, on a dynasty team? Like, they've been trying to figure out their bench and whatnot. Like, do you think Clay just needs that change of scenery? And not to talk about the Lakers again, but, like, if he was to end up on the Lakers next year, you know, a team that he grew up loving his dad played from, do you think there would be any resurgence there?
1: Uh, I think so. You know what I mean? Sometimes you might need to change the scenery. You never know. But also I think it's kind of difficult now because you have the young fellow John the Camiga that's taking his next right. step. And now instead of Clay being the second option, it's John the Camiga being the second option. You know what I mean? So kind of when you throw the ball to him in the post, he's not just waiting and holding the ball for pin downs for Steph and Clay. He's been aggressive and trying to go score. So now it kind of puts Clay into the third option, maybe fourth option, if you want to say at times. And I can't, I think that's something he's trying to adjust to in the middle of a season instead of like – because early on in the beginning of the season, there wasn't a role for John the commit. You know what I mean? He kind of got into that role later on because his name was buzzing a lot during the trade deadlines and seeing if they was going to move him because a lot of teams wanted him. And I know how special and talented he is. I, um, he came to my John Wall Holiday Invitational Tournament and played. Uh, he played against one of the best high school teams I think I've seen with uh, Mount Vernon, with Scotty Barnes yeah. and Kay Cunningham and them. And he did well. I mean, he's talented, gifted, got a lot of stuff. i just say, like you said, like the Warriors didn't know which way they wanted to go. Keep young talent, uh, keep the uh, big three together, and keep trying to build. So they're figuring it out, and I think uh, Mike Dunlap do a hell of a job with that and uh, Steve Kerr. Okay.
0: All right, final bucket or brick, and I've been actually reading some stories on this, and <laughs> I think, um, yeah, you answered as honestly as you want, but the bucket or brick, the Phoenix Suns should sign you.
1: Bucket. I'm going to keep it G. Not just because, like, and this is what I want to get across the chest for anybody. Like, I don't care about chasing a ring. Like, You know what I mean? Like, if I get one, thank you. But I feel like I've showed how talented I am in this league, how good I am in this league. I just love to play the game of basketball. You know what I mean? Like, I still feel like I have enough in the tank to play. Uh, It might not be at the highest level like I was playing 38 to 40 minutes before. But uh, I feel like I can do a lot. Uh, I'm a better catch-and-shoot guy than a lot of people think. Like, I didn't get a lot of those in my career. But when I do, I shoot, like, 40% from catch-and-shoot. But uh, I just feel like they need a true point guard, you know what I mean, to help uh, those guys just settle in. Like, D-Book's doing a hell of a job playing point. Brad does it at times. But those guys are bona fide scorers. You know what I mean? Like, you put the ball in anybody's hands for 38 minutes, they're going to have 9, 10 assists. I mean, they're just making the right play playing basketball. But I think those guys just need to be bona fide scorers and don't worry about Keeping the next guy happy—that should be a true point guard's position. Let the scores be scores.
0: Yeah, I, I, th- that's why I want you back in the league. a I you know, we see the players' evolution, right? And so, I don't think we've really, honestly, gotten to see the role player evolution for you. And like you said, like, and I guess l- ask. Let me ask you this: Are you still talking to Brad? Is Brad, you know? Hitting you up? Or are you guys talking at all about uh, possibilities? We, or are you guys just still you know talking? To nah, sprints? we just
1: talk. We just talk from time to time. Like I don't even try to put that pressure or burden right. on them about it. You know what I mean? Like if I'm in a city, like I was in LA uh, visiting and they was playing, I want to go visit the game. You know what I mean? Like I'm not putting that pressure on him or KD or D Book. Like I'm cool with all those guys, but they focus is locking in on the season right now. You know what I mean? Like if the front office comes to them be like, "Do you want to sign him?" I hope they would say yeah. But if the front office is not doing that, then. I'm not going to try to put that burden on them guys and put that pressure because now I look at it as like, oh, damn, you ain't trying to get me signed and I don't want to be your homeboy. Like, that's never going to come yeah. between, you know what I mean? Like, that's not their role. That's not their job. But I just feel like I can help them out a lot, you know what I mean? I feel like I could, you know what, right. what I mean? And maybe if it's not this year, maybe next year, you know what I mean? Hopefully you never know what can happen. But uh, I just sit back and look. Like, I'm like, you can't make a point guard. Like, point guards are made, you know what I mean? Like, you can't just try to build a point guard to be a true point guard. Like. Right. Those guys are made, and I think if you look at the Clippers. At times, they wanted PG and Kawhi to kind of be like run a lot of pick and rolls, be their point guards. Those guys are bona fide bucket getters. Like they might get you four assists, six assists if you double teaming them, but those guys are bona fide bucket getters, and I think that made their role so much more easier. James is the one that's facilitating, running the team, getting everybody their shots when they need to, and we're gonna carry the load on the scoring here.
0: All right, well, John, man, this has been exciting. Like. I want you to get signed, but I'm happy you're here with us. Uh, and we're doing this thing for the rest of the season. So keep checking out Point Game uh, presented by DraftKings. I'm CJ Toledano. Shout out to my co-host, John Wall. Guys, if you like this podcast, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on everything. Share the clips that have been coming out. Follow all of our socials. I've been CJ Toledano. See you next time. Peace.